It was a tough night in T-Town last Saturday night as the Monarchs escaped with three points in the dying minutes. We'll talk about what happened, what went wrong, and also we'll preview next week. we got to move on, right? Orange County comes to town. Alicia Rodriguez on from Angels on Parade, and she's going to give us her insight on Orange County as they come. Both teams needing a win, and something's got to give, right? Also, we have a great guest coming on from Fortuna Tulsa. We have Anna Beffer on midfielder from Oklahoma State University, first signing of Fortuna Tulsa. She's going to give us, tell us about how she's excited about that transition and also talk about her playing career at Oklahoma State. But first, folks, you got to get inside. It's it's getting dangerous out there. Lots of wind, lots of rain, pillows, the blankets. Get the kids inside because it's another episode of the Tornado Alley. Soccer podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. Your host, Roger Graham, bringing all the action in the alley, soccer action. We've got so much soccer to talk about, folks, and we're going to just start off, just bring it in, start off with a bang, all right? We've got great guests joining us live, Uh, really not here live, but on the phone, but she's here live, so if you have any questions, go ahead and get them in the comments over here. Uh, we've got Anna Beffer, midfielder, senior at Oklahoma State University. This summer, she will be playing for Fortuna Tulsa here in Tulsa, Oklahoma for you folks. First signing of Fortuna Tulsa. Excited to have her on. Anna, how's it going tonight? Hi, good. Thank you for having me. Hey, absolutely. Uh, an honor to have you on and uh, great to, uh, I know you're probably getting we we're talking about a little senioritis going on at <laughs> Oklahoma State University, about to graduate here in May. Uh, great stuff there. And before we get started uh, about this summer and what you're doing with Fortuna, talk about how you got into soccer and uh, what you've done to had a great career at Oklahoma State and uh, kind of what got you to this point. Yeah, um, I mean, I started playing really young. Um, I had a lot of really good coaches kind of help, um, you know, put me in positions to get to where I am today. Um, I had a really fun club career. All, you know, Tulsa coaches had a big impact on me. Even, you know, some of like Donovan Bradshaw, he's coaching that Fortuna team. So that would be cool to be coached by him again. Um, But yeah, I had a lot of fun growing up, a lot of really good influences. And I kind of grew up wanting to play at Oklahoma State. The team was really strong. Uh, when I was in high school and I thought it'd be awesome to play for a program like that. And so I luckily was able to get there and, uh, you know, play my four years here and I had a lot of fun and yeah, so it was, it was great. Yeah. You say lucky. It's probably a lot of hard work and a lot of, you just said like, Oh, just, you know, that's just lucky. No, I'm pretty sure you put in a lot of time, uh, a lot of effort as, as uh, how old did you start playing soccer? Oh, do you I even remember? Started, like, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe like four or five. I All started right. pretty young, just on, you know, fun little rec teams. And then sure. I had a lot of good coaches that helped me out and kind of put me where I am today. So, yeah. And, and also playing at Union High School here in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, and club wise, who did you play for growing, uh, growing up? Um, I started out at actually Thunder. Okay. And then I kind of made my way over to TSC. And that's where I first met Donovan. Um, mm. And then I when Thunder and, well, actually, excuse me, then I went to Hurricane to play for Carrie Schubert, and then the club formed, and so we all kind of came together 
and that's where I played my final four years of club and we had a really great team it was some of the best four years of my life we just had a really fun group and had a lot of success um so that was kind of where I spent my club years and then we all went our separate ways and they all had really successful careers and so I ended up at Oklahoma State and so yeah yeah, no, that's awesome. And like I said, it's a, it's, it's a great, I mean, obviously great talent to make Division One roster. Played all four of your years uh, in midfield, and we were talking just before you came up or before everyone came on here on the broadcast. You mostly played holding mid, and then your senior year you moved up forward and, and played a little more attacking, uh, attacking midfield. Uh, yeah. is, is that kind of more your natural position, and is that kind of where you see yourself maybe playing this summer as well? Yeah, um, I kind of, yeah, I like to be higher up on the field. Sure. I definitely um, want to be more involved in kind of the goal scoring and the attack more than I want to be you know, tracking and defending. Um, but I kind of, you know, did what I had to do at Oklahoma State the first couple years and then kind of worked my way up. And, um, yeah, I definitely see myself more in an attacking role. I kind of, I'm a more technical player. I kind of like to be a little more creative, and it's easier to be creative when you're higher on the field. You don't really have that luxury when you're in the defensive half. So, sure. um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun this past year playing higher up on the field and we had a lot of success and a lot of good players around me that helped, you know, make that and it was really fun, but yeah, I definitely see myself more in that kind of role and hopefully, um, with Tulsa, I'll be in a similar role. Wow. Uh, great. Yeah. Sounds great. And how, how's it to be the first signing of a brand new franchise, uh, with Fortuna Tulsa? How does that feel? And, and, and is that, and what, what are your kind of feelings about playing here in Tulsa this summer? Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited. I think Tulsa has a lot of good talent and it has a really fun soccer community. And it means a lot to me that they kind of, you know, wanted me to help kind of start this with them. And I think mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, a good opportunity for me to continue to keep playing and, um, you know, hopefully kind of be a transition into a professional career at some point. Sure. Um, but it means a lot to me. I've, you know, grown up here, played here, and all the coaches um, have been very supportive. And I think it, you know, obviously hits close to home playing, you know, for your hometown. And I'm really excited about it. And it, it really does mean a lot that they have, they've already done so much for me. And so I hope, you know, this summer that I can do everything I can to help make the team the best it can be. Sure, sure. And just a reminder for folks on the Facebook feed, feel free to ask questions. And if you have any for Anna, and I'll, I'll be more than happy to ask uh, ask away. So uh, anyway, I'll, I'll keep going on with my questions here. Uh, uh, one of the things, uh, you know, you're from Tulsa, obviously, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. How's it to, and you mentioned how great soccer community here. There's tons of teams, tons of uh, talented uh guys and gals that play soccer here in town but for you personally what is it what does it mean to come back this summer and 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 come back to your roots here in Tulsa um I mean it means a lot the everyone involved in the community coaches players have you know if I wasn't surrounded by the talented players I was surrounded by I don't know if I'd be where I am you know today because that plays a big role and they you know push you day in and day out and I had a lot of coaches that believed in me and you know helped push me to be the best player that I can be and kind of give me that, um, I don't know, confidence and kind of mental toughness that you need at the next level. And I sure. think that definitely carried over into my college game. Um, but I'm really excited. I, the team, um, their whole kind of management team has a really fun idea with the program and they've done a really great job. And I think it's going to be a really good thing for the city. And I'm really excited to be a part of it and kind of, you know, jump it. And hopefully the city will be as passionate about it as I am. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know Wayne, he's been uh, working behind the scenes there and uh, Wayne Farmer GM and, and, you know, talking with him and, and just seeing everything just from my perspective and just being, you know, you know, I, just being a fan of soccer. It seems like they've checked all the boxes, uh, very professional. Everything's been real clean. And I don't know, I've been really excited to see you guys play and bring my son out, watch y'all, you know, take the field and, and get a victory there on, in, on, I guess it's the 26th of May. Um, right, Wayne, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the 26th of May. It, I think. 25th. Please. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. My bad. So 25th. I'll no, show up the 26th. There'll be a game. It'll be over, <laughs> right? But uh, 25th of May at TU Stadium. And I think that setup's going to be great. Nice field there. Uh, if yeah, you, I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You've played there before. So I'm excited about that. And, and I'll, I'll ask you just a couple of questions here. Uh, and uh, what, um, so you mentioned that you alluded to, you'd like to play professionally, play at that next yes. level. Uh, what, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Fortuna, you know, that's a, a kind of a step to get to that direction, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm hoping I'm kind of in the works with trying to find a professional contract. It's kind of difficult. Just um, the options. There aren't a ton of options in the United States. Um, yeah. So there are a little more options overseas. But I have an agent kind of helping me out and coaches that you know know people it's kind of just a lot of networking and kind of who you know so i'm just kind of waiting to see um if anything pops up and you know this summer will help a lot because i know fortuna has some connections overseas and they're doing everything they can to um you know send your videos over and kind of keep you connected with coaches um so i think that'll definitely help my search but it's kind of just uh, i'm just kind of going to see what happens i'm really excited that this team, you know, popped up for the summer because I think that'll be a really good thing for me to kind of um, transition into the next phase. Sure. And, but yeah, I'm really excited. So hopefully at some point I will get a professional contract. I don't know when that will be. Um, it just kind of depends on when the seasons start and kind of mm -hmm. the timeline too. And, you know, what teams need players when. So it's kind of just a lot of right place, right time. But we'll see what happens. And I'm definitely just focused on the summer right now and we'll see what happens. So perfect. Yeah. No, that sounds great. And, obviously with Fortuna here in Tulsa, what does that mean? Just that, that allows you to get, keep your legs under you, under you and, and still look for a professional contract. This has got to be a great opportunity, right? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it honestly has worked out perfectly because it's kind of, I don't know, you definitely want to stay sharp and stay mm -hmm. fit. And the, you know, we have a really high caliber roster. I think that every girl on the team is a very good player and that will only, you know, make, me better and hopefully the team better and sure. so that will kind of help me um you know just stay sharp and ready for whenever that time comes i'll be ready to go and be playing my best soccer so it's definitely a good thing yeah absolutely and uh well i'll, I'll kind of go with a little lighter question are you ready are you okay. ready for some lighter questions okay sure. so um who's your favorite player i actually grew up loving Ronaldinho. He was my favorite player. Yeah, yeah. that'd have been about time you were a kid growing up. Yeah, Ronaldinho was playing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, I kind of just loved how happy he was. He was always enjoying himself, and um, he was kind of, I loved watching his different skill videos and kind of just those type of things. Um, and then as I kind of got older, I really liked Wayne Rooney also. I kind oh, of sure. was a, I, I was a big fan of his, and I still am. Um, yeah, those are probably the two that kind of stuck out the most to me as a kid and probably had the most inspiration on my game. Sure. 
Yeah, that's kind of fun. That was about the time I was getting into club soccer myself. So <laughs> Ronaldinho is always somebody that I always think of when I'm just thinking about when I got into soccer. So, that, yeah, great yeah. answer there. Absolutely. Uh, we had a question here. Um, I believe it was Rhonda Morales had asked. And I don't know if there's there's not – there's maybe some people that you know that are on the team that uh, Wayne, he's going to make some announcements. By the way, I think Thursday there's a new announcement or announcement for – uh, some players so just a heads up out there but some of the folks that you know that you're going to play with uh, are you excited to play with some of those uh, ladies yeah I'm really excited um you know you it's been fun because there was a really strong group of players who come out of Tulsa and they all went to different schools sure. so there's a pretty good representation across you know the United States and I think it'll be really cool to come back together and you know play with them and some of them are younger than me so I never got the chance to play with them and you mm-hmm. know you kind of just watch them and their success and I think it'll be really cool to get everyone together and hopefully, you know, use all of our strengths to have a really great season. I'm really excited. Sure, sure. Uh, we had a couple questions here on the on the live feed here on Facebook Live. Uh, Matt okay. Matt Burnett asked uh, if you had an opinion on how the Tulsa club structures have helped you uh, get to this level. Um, yeah, for me, I think it's good now that everything's kind of in one club. It kind mm-hmm. of players were kind of spread all over as I was growing up and you didn't have, you know, the best players on the same team. And now I think at least for me in Tulsa, I was able to be on a team that had a group of arguably the best players in the state. And Mm -hmm. that definitely helped me grow as a player. But I think right now I haven't, you know, it's been four years since I've been back there, but I think they've done a really good job and I think they have a really good coaching staff and are trying to do everything they can to get the kids exposure Sure. You know, whether it's at an ECNL tournament or, um, you know, Dallas, it's just any different kinds of things. Um, at least the coaches that have helped me, they've done everything they can to help me showcase my talents and, you know, get to the next level. So I think they've done a really good job. Okay, great, great. And then uh, here's another question. Zach Easton uh, asked uh, if there's a team that you're looking forward to playing. Um, I'm kind of open. I, I actually had a private trainer that was from kind of the – Scotland. He lives in Birmingham right now. Uh-huh. So I think it'd be really cool to play in the Super League. Okay. Um, it's kind of difficult to play there just from kind of work visas and that sort of thing. But that's definitely some place that I would really like to go. Um, there are some really good leagues in Australia and Spain. But I'm kind of keeping my options open. I just want to be somewhere where they use my strengths and I can sure. kind of play the type of soccer that I want to play. So I'm definitely open. I don't have really a specific team. Mm-hmm. But I just want to play for a you know hopefully a coach that plays the kind of soccer that I want to play and allows me to kind of you know be myself as a player so sure well what about this summer is there an opponent or a team that you're looking at uh, on the schedule that you're really excited to play against um I don't know a ton about the the teams in our conference but Mm -hmm. I do know that a lot of my teammates or former teammates play on Oklahoma City okay um a lot of really good players play there so I think that'll be really fun kind of a little rivalry going on um but yeah, they have a, some really solid players, and I think that'll be a really fun challenge. Sure. Um, yeah. So. Sure, I, it's in-state. It's Oklahoma City, Tulsa, one. right? I mean, that's like the, the best, right? Yeah. It's Quick Trip versus 7-Eleven, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, great, great stuff there. And, and let me ask you one last question before we go. Who's yeah. the goalkeeper, guy or girl, doesn't matter, that you would love to score a goal against? Oh, goodness. Like my age, or just anybody. I mean, past, present. I, it doesn't matter. Oh, I don't know. I don't really. Follow. Maybe like David DeHay. He's world class. Oh sure, incredible. 
yeah. but I don't know. We'll see. I'd be pretty lucky if I ever got the chance to shoot on him, but <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. Just put one, just yeah, curl one over sweet. his head and he's just looking behind like, uh, plus yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan. So I'd love to see anyone from Man U, you know, get scored <laughs> or yeah, I'm not, I guess he's not there anymore. Is he? But anyway, um, so yeah, that's a great answer. And, uh, Wayne, he asked, uh, he wanted this. Is, I'll, I'll get, I'll let him, uh, ask the last question here. He asked, uh, who's your favorite Tulsa coach? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Why would he say that? I don't I, know. I really can't answer that. It kind of depended on what phase of, you know, they all kind of played a really important role in my career and kind of the different phase I was in. Sure. But they've all, I love them all. They know who they are. They've all helped me in more ways than they know. So I'm very thankful for all of them. All right. All right. Good answer. Good answer. All right. And I know you've got a lot going on finishing up your semester there. So we'll... <laughs> let you go and uh can i don't know you're i know you're out there on social media but uh if you want to plug any of your social media accounts go ahead okay perfect thank you it was really nice talking to you all right uh, uh, you're on twitter too right yes sir i am all right anna beffer tonight midfielder with uh, uh fortuna tulsa uh thank you so much for joining us and uh good luck and uh, we'll see you here in tulsa here in a couple of months okay yeah of course thank you all right thanks anna bye all right, Anna Beffer there with Fortuna Tulsa. Uh, and uh, right now, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and just do a quick transition uh, from uh, Fortuna Tulsa and talk a little bit. We'll, we'll keep it in Tulsa. We'll, we'll talk more uh, about what happened last week. And I've got Mario Soler coming on here a little bit later, uh, and he will give his um, – we'll, we'll kind of kick the ball around. And, and, folks, if you want to be on the podcast, uh, there is a – what I'm doing is just doing a little weekly pick'em contest. Uh, right now, there's a there's a few matches on Wednesday, so tomorrow I believe Fresno's playing in Oklahoma City and uh, Orange County, which they're playing in Oklahoma City tomorrow night, and then they will be in uh, Tulsa on Saturday. So they're a little Oklahoma road trip for Orange County SC. So if you want to uh, have a chance, jump on the podcast, and and um, and it, I guess that is the best way most diplomatic way I can do that is just come on here and do your pickums, and uh, you can uh, comment on one of the previous posts that I, I had today. You can just comment and tell me who you pick and, and we'll go from there and we'll pick, you can pick the Wednesday matches and then we'll move on to the Saturday matches. You can pick them all at once or you can pick the Wednesday matches and then pick the Saturday match. It doesn't matter how you want to do it. Um, it doesn't matter. You're all going to lose to me anyway. So <laughs> Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, uh, for the scarves. So, Dennis, those scarves are, those scarves are for you, buddy. You're, you're talking to me at the tailgate. Um, and he said we need some decorations back there. Joseph Pugh, if you want to send me an, an energy scarf, I'll throw it back there, dude. Uh, I will, I don't care. You know, so we'll, we'll make it, de we'll decorate it. All right. And anybody, anyone that's listening, if they want to send me their scarf, Please, if you want to send a sticker, I'll throw it on the Freddy Hole fridge, which is now in the garage. Um, yeah, I got kicked out of the Freddy Hole, by the by the way. So my kid, my kid number two, kicked me out already. So that's why we're in the kitchen. Uh, so yeah, I think. Um, well, anyway, we'll 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 talk more with Mario here in a little bit, and I've got Alicia Rodriguez coming on here in about eight minutes. Uh, let's go around the league, shall we? Should we talk a little bit uh, about this? Well, we'll go and talk around about the USL in general this week. And, uh, you know, really, there was some surprise matches. 
one in particular that nobody got right on the pickems. So the one that, uh, which to me, that's a surprise. If if ever picked, if everyone picked the other team to win and the other team won, to me that is an upset, and that is. Portland Timbers 2 going to Colorado Springs and getting a victory. 1-0 it was the score. I didn't catch a lot of this match. Uh, I saw this good, you know, just the highlights of it. It looks like, uh, you know, I, I will say this. Portland Timbers 2 isn't the same team as they were last year. I can tell you right. They've got, uh, I'll call it, they've got the grown men out there playing. So it's not an academy team so much. I mean, you've got Alex Mangles, who, you know, we're all familiar with here in Tulsa. Uh, you've got... Um, you know, he's playing goalkeeper, starting keeper for Portland Timbers too. And you have uh, Mo Jadama, I believe, played in the last match as well. Uh, we all are familiar with both those players. And, you know, he's such a lockdown center back. And, you know, they've only allowed, what, two goals in two matches, and they shut out Colorado Springs in Colorado Springs. So that, to me, that's, that's uh, you know, this is not the, uh, this is not the same team, folks. This team is going to compete. They're going to be good, and that's not a three points that you can just go, ah, it's three points and move on down the road like we did last season. You can't do that with this team. You've got to play them. And, you know, uh, we've got, let's see here, Orange County coming to town, and we'll review that here in just a minute. You know, these two matches when I first looked at the season, thought, okay, we can kind of catch our breath if the first two matches don't go our way. Let's talk. We can we can maybe catch up some points here at Orange County and then Portland Timbers too. That'll get you six right off the bat. Um, yeah, you know, and and uh, Matt Burnett said they held off great attacks, fairly successful, and yeah, and they're they're pretty tough uh, defensively, and that was the thing I was. And if you think about it, going back to the Seattle match, their only score was on a PK, Seattle Sounders too. So they won two one at home, one was a PK, and those are kind of fluky. You know things that happen in in a, in a match that um, you know can go either way. It can go against you. It's you know you make a bad tackle, all of a sudden you're you're facing a PK. But anyway, um, so to me, I'm like they really gave up one goal on, in the field, only one goal, and it was a really good goal. It was a wonder goal. So Portland Timbers too, a team that I don't think they're gonna give up a lot of goals. They're they're pretty stacked at defense, especially if they keep people like Mojadama. And you know, Alex Mangles, even here in Tulsa, even though as bad as the season we had in 2016, he had a pretty good season. I thought I thought he did okay. I really did. And I thought he was one of the people that and actually he didn't even start that match. I'm just sitting here thumbing through. Um and Mo did, by the way. Mo did start. So I guess they switched out the goalkeeper. Uh, Etanella started, but that that happens with Portland Timbers too. They kind of switch guys in and out, get some get play, hashtag play the kids a little bit, play some of those uh, academy guys and get them some playing time. But it seems like everyone's going to that Real Salt Lake and Swope Park. You know that Swope Park, uh, I guess what you'd call it, the method where they're just going to bring in good players and and not really worry about putting seventeen year olds out in the field, which some of these seventeen year olds for these teams can play too. So. Anyway, so that was a little bit of a shock and a little bit of surprise to me, uh, you know, to see a team that I think a lot of people had success against last season and, and for them to, you know, start getting some results here and, and turning some heads early on. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, since Joseph's here, we'll talk about Oklahoma City and uh, Phoenix for a moment. Um, you're talking about another match that's a little bit that kind of caught me by surprise, I guess. 
was Oklahoma City, you know, really getting the the wrong end of the of the of that match for sure. Chris Cortez, who we've had on the podcast for, nice dude, great guy. So I know for Oklahoma City fans, it doesn't matter because you know, I scored a, a hat trick, but. You know, he's not Didier Drogba. He's not one of these guys that scored a lot of goals. And, uh, you know, I think I think we have to realize Phoenix is pretty good. I mean, I, th- I think none of us were sitting here going, oh, I don't know how they're good they're going to play this year. I think all of us are pretty, pretty confident that that was going to be a team that we're going to have problems with this year. So, and oh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think you even count Didier Drogba. I mean, yeah, you can. But it's the it's the talent they have around it. Carlton or not Carlton Belmar. My gosh, why did I say Carlton Belmar? Uh, he's Swope Park, obviously. Uh, Billy Forbes played at Rio, played at San Antonio, had a big flop against Tulsa last year, but the dude can score goals. Oh yeah, he's just like an afterthought. Oh yeah, he plays here. Colin Fernandez, we all remember him. The thought really talented young player, Peruvian player, here and uh, played for Tulsa last season, and. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think that he's a good player. I don't even know if he even played in that match. We'll go look at the tail of the tape. How about that? Uh, you know, so they've really just stacked a team of really good USL guys. And, uh, you know, I think they kind of got away from the name players, you know, of trying to get some of these guys that have name recognition outside of the league. And really went with good USL players, and I didn't see them scoring four goals in Oklahoma City Energy. Uh, Oklahoma City Energy, I thought, pretty tough defensive team, pretty defensive, you know, plays defensive minded, a team that um, really that. Uh, I think if they get beat two nil, that would feel like five nil. You know what I mean? So, for them to give up four goals in, in that match. And, yeah, Chris Cortez, that's just crazy. I don't think he's ever had a hat trick in, in the USL. Gosh, they've got Ken Von Freider. I forgot about him. Forbes didn't even come off the bench, by the way. Didn't even come off the bench. Guess they didn't need him, huh? Yeah, Asante got the goal early in the 28th, and then Cortez in the 45th, 83rd. So it was 3-0 before Abiega got his goal. I guess he must have got a defensive on a header or something. I didn't see the goal, but... Defensive player gets a goal is typically on a set-piece situation. Maybe it wasn't, but I'm just guessing here. So, anyway, uh, Miguel Gonzalez, yellow. Guzmuth, yellow. Richard Dixon getting a yellow. So, you know, accumulating some yellows there. I know it's really the uh, Washizny or whatever, how you say his last name, the goalkeeper for uh, Phoenix Rising, ran into, I think it was Richard Dixon, and they had a little bit of a, a gift-worthy moment there, but... Yeah, and, and Joseph, feel free to chime in on you know anything that you any takes on your end. Um, you know, okay, okay, jo- okay. So Joseph said that uh, Forbes is out on internet. You're right; he's out on international duties right now. That's right. That's why he didn't play. I guess it really didn't matter, did it? But anyway, I forgot that he was out out of pocket. Uh, no, he. Uh, question asked if was she's a knee or whatever is what she i don't know how you say it. woes we'll call him woes uh he did not play for tulsa now he was i think he's always been at arizona at least now you're thinking now their backup goalkeeper uh, zach lubin was at tulsa so yeah their backup keeper for phoenix rising is at 
is uh, Zach Lubin. So anyway, right now I'm going to take a momentary pause and get our next guest up. But before I do that, I will get a play some music for you. How about that? Kind of get you guys in the mood, in the mood for our next guest. So hang tight for a one moment, and we'll get Alicia Rodriguez queued up for you, okay? So we have a, a great guest on, uh, and uh, lots of uh, blogging she does uh, for Orange County and also LAFC uh, on Angels on Parade and, and also contributed to MLS.com. Alicia Rodriguez is on. Alicia, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, yeah, this is your second cap on the show. Uh, it's it's just crazy. We're we're back talking about Orange County and Tulsa again, right? Yeah, it's a, it's an honor to uh, to get the call every time I get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> uh, well, we've got you on Facebook Live. So for folks, if they have any questions, please chime in about Orange County SC. And uh, we do have a couple folks here in Oklahoma City Energy fans. So. They may ask you some questions as well because uh, Orange County is making the trip to the center state and playing uh, tomorrow night and then and then on Saturday here in Tulsa. How have these uh, road trips worked out for Orange County in the past? Uh, in the past, I would say they have not worked out very well from mm. Orange County's perspective. Um, you know, I think I think things have changed a lot in a short amount of time. Um, you know, it used to be with these long, long road trips teams were cramming in as many games as possible mm-hmm. in in a short amount of time. And um, I think just like how a lot of teams from kind of the center of the country are not close to the, the West Coast, they come and do the same swing with uh, LA Galaxy 2 and, and Orange County SC. Mm-hmm. You know, likewise, those of us on the West Coast do the same for the Oklahoma teams. And, and often with, you know, a long trip and I think and the whole pr- – sort of uh, travel standards have improved the last few years, but mm-hmm. um, that and, you know, having a, a pretty short. All right, folks, uh, for those listening on the podcast, uh, we just had uh, the recorder just stopped all of a sudden. So we're, we'll just jump back into where we were, we were talking about. Uh, but, it, you know, I think, um, you know, with these long road trips and, and coming out to the, here in the Midwest, you know, at least you get to fly. You don't have to travel by bus, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever went all the way from L.A. to Oklahoma by bus. I mean, I personally drove from um, where I live in Southern California all the mm. way to Tennessee oh, wow. uh, a few months ago, and we drove through Oklahoma. So, you know, it takes a couple days to get to, <laughs> to Oklahoma sure. from, from out here. But, um, no, I'm pretty sure they take planes. Um but yeah, they're not playing two games in three days, which I think they did at one point. So, um, so yeah. So, it, like I said, I think the standards have improved, and mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> generally seem to be more professional than than in the past, and I think that's for the better. Sure. And Joseph, I'll get to your question here in just a minute. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and talk on the field first, and obviously Orange County, I think, is in a little bit of a similar position as Tulsa right now, and and maybe even Oklahoma City just. Maybe the points, obviously, you know, you'd want those. I think, you know, getting the draw against Phoenix ended up being a good result in the end. And then maybe just missing out on getting some points against uh, Sacramento. So now OC is in this position of you need some points. And then all of a sudden you're on this kind of a, a really inopportune time to take a road trip. 
is that kind of where you're seeing this right now or, or, or do you think this is kind of where you expected OC to be at this point? I mean, it's hard to say because of the, the nature of USL and sure. just the way that um, teams usually come together pretty late and, um, you know, major roster turnover is no surprise. And every, every year that I've covered OC, they've had, you know, substantial roster turnover each year. So you never quite know until you see the players on the field. Um, that being said, I think that in hindsight, it looks like this early schedule is pretty brutal for them. You know, having four games, you know, they had two home games, but like you said, they're against Phoenix, which I think most people consider to be a contender. Sacramento, which has always been a tough uh, opponent. And then, yeah, this this long road trip. So on one hand, they're getting this stuff out of the way early, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough... Uh, tough ass to kind of hit the ground running against uh you know at least two really good opponents and then you know the Oklahoma teams have um you know kind of been hit or miss so far but again I think that home field advantage could really be a benefit to them sure sure we have Alicia Rodriguez on uh covering Orange County for those that are just now joining uh Alicia what what are you kind of um I don't know what, how would you kind of gauge OC's performance up to this point in the first two matches? I think, um, actually if you're coming at it and you haven't seen much of their games or any of their games so far, um, to me, the big thing that stood out is they've had a lot of chances. Mm -hmm. Um, they've outshot their opponents in both games and, um, you know, really controlled a run of play for at least, you know, substantial portions of each game. Um, and they just haven't had either the luck or, you know, quite that sharpness and they're finishing to get the ball in the back of the net. Um, I think very easily they could have honestly won either or both of the games that they've played so far. And it just, you know, the bounces didn't go their way and sure. just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. And yeah, it really cost them. So I think it's promising that there's something happening. It's just a little bit concerning um, to this point that they're not actually you know, they've, they've scored one goal, but that was like a last gasp, uh, throw your center back sure. out up top and hope he gets something out of it. And that's exactly what happened. But, um, yeah. you know, as far as their actual kind of standard attacking play, um, you know, they, they still need to get a goal and, and, um, hopefully they can get that sooner than later and not have that kind of be a, a millstone around their neck as they're waiting to, to get on the board. Yeah. And then also Michael Seaton getting that, red card in the 76th minute when you're trying to put people forward. So that was again, inopportune. So just maybe a little bit unlucky and, and, and getting a little bit lucky in that first match and getting the draw, which I guess that's just expected now, just OC and Phoenix are just going to draw each other every time. <laughs> I guess that's, that's the new expectation, but I'm just looking through the, uh, the roster here and there's a lot of names I'm not familiar with. So talk about some of the new guys and, and some of the, some of the players that, uh, that you've been, or that will be, you know, folks that, that we need to pay attention to here in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, I mean, the mix of players that they've added this year, they have, I think only four or five returning players. So Mm -hmm. to give you a sense, I mean, that's a pretty low number overall. Um, yeah, we're kind of familiar with that here in Tulsa too. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, the drill, but, Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's been a few different groups of players that they signed. Um, they have, three guys in on loan from LLS teams at the moment. Um, curiously, none of them are LAFC players, huh. but they have um, 
the aforementioned center back who scored up top a couple weeks ago in Alex Cronale from Columbus Crew FC. Um, and then they have Andre, Andre Rawls, uh, who's a goalkeeper from NYCFC. Hmm. Um, he's somebody who has um, some experience in USL. He played for Wilmington Hammerheads a few years ago, and actually I thought was pretty impressive when he played there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good that he's getting some playing time again in USL. And then they have a rookie in Mark Segbers from the New England Revolution, and he um, has played each of the first two games. Um, they also have um, a few guys from abroad that they've brought in, and in particular, a couple of uh, Danish guys who are uh, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Jewel Nielsen is a center back who um, started the first two games, and I think he's looked pretty solid. Um, you know, they've they've conceded a goal in each game, so you know it could be better, but not not um, horrible. Mm-hmm. And then um, Thomas Enavoldsen is a forward. Uh, I think there's a good chance he'll be starting um, at least one of the games uh, this week. And then there's a couple guys from uh, other USL sides who signed outright with uh, Orange County in the offseason. Christian Duke, who Mm -hmm. uh, played for Soap Park Rangers, he was the captain there. He's the captain here, um, and I think he's got off to a pretty good start. And Aiden Quinn, who uh, played for Cincinnati and uh, Louisville, previously um he's also uh you know been a regular contributor so far and i think those guys are are pretty well set you know barring um kind of standard rotation and whatnot um i think those guys are are pretty going to be pretty set in the lineup moving forward so there's a a pretty good mix of of guys and um you know we're just two weeks in so there's some some faces that we're yet to see yet uh on the field but uh but yeah, there's a, an interesting mix of guys, and we'll just have to see kind of how it works out over the course of the season, results-wise. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, Christian Duke, familiar with him here, uh, here in, in Tulsa, having to play against him, and I think he actually played Swope Park, and did he was uh, I think he actually pl- got to play minutes with with uh, uh, Wow, I just went blank. Uh, sporting actually, so yeah, good talent there, and and getting the captain's badge and. Someone that you'll you'll have to be reckoned with for sure. So yeah, that's a pretty stacked team, and and I think a lot of folks will be pretty surprised at uh, at the talent that that's coming to town here uh, with Orange County. Uh, there's been a couple of questions here on live chat uh, about LAFC. So do you mind switching gears a little bit? I don't mind at all. All right. And speaking of, uh, you mentioned earlier, there's no players from LAFC on Orange County, and and those two are affiliates. Uh, do you expect some some players from LAFC uh, cycling down to uh, Orange County at some point? Yes, I do. I think um, I think probably the primary reason why there isn't any LAFC players uh, with Orange County at this point is because uh, LAFC has had a very short squad uh, to start the season. So yep. uh, I think it's been kind of an every man, <laughs> all hands on deck, um, sure. you know, scenario. And so some of those guys who may get pushed down to the to the affiliate uh, haven't been sent down as of yet. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that a little bit here with Chicago. It's early in the season. I'm sure they're still shuffling the deck, so to speak, to figure out what the lineup's going to look like and where they're going to have depth and all that good stuff. So you're kind of in the same boat we are right now, kind of waiting for a couple of players. And, and speaking of, I did catch wind that we were getting a couple of players here pretty soon. This is for the Tulsa folks, but 
I haven't seen anything officially announced, so I don't want to start throwing around names and, and to me just get completely wrong. So that's the rumor. We'll find out if that comes to fruition or not. But anyway, we'll we'll leave that there. And then um and then we've had just a couple of questions too here. I think Joseph Pugh had asked uh um uh, you know if um if the if I guess Orange County has gone through a couple of rebrands. Uh, is that just to, uh, is, from your vantage point, is that for just publicity reasons or is there, what's kind of driving that from your perspective? Yeah. Um, so they, this year they're sticking with the same branding from last year. So they're still Orange County SC. Uh, when they were formed in 2011, uh, they were the Los Angeles Blues. Mm-hmm. They were named the Blues after the favorite team of the then owner. Um, the owner was from Iran, mm. and his favorite team, I think, was Estegal. Um, sorry, my Farsi isn't very good. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your understanding. Um, <laughs> they, But they're called the, the Blues, and um, so he named it an homage of them. And then um, they moved to Orange County a couple years later. They became the Orange County Blues. And then in the fall of 2016, um, the team was purchased by a new owner who, um, after the season, you know, before the 2017 season, uh, went through a full rebrand process that included um, getting input on a new name, a new badge, sort of a new identity, you know, again, to sort of... uh, hit the reset button to some extent on, on the team overall. And, um, along with all that, I think with the, the new owner, the rebrand, um, they also moved into their own home, uh, last season, uh, late in the summer, they moved into a permanent stadium, which was a pretty impressive venue. Um, you know, I know that there's some, some USL, uh, spots that are opening up around the league that are, are pretty cool, and I think this one is actually right there, right up there. Um, mm-hmm. It's a permanent uh, stadium, so it's not like a pop-up, okay. uh, which they had been playing in before. And, you know, nothing wrong with a pop-up. If it serves the purpose, it's obviously great. But this is actually a permanent structure, um, provides actual facilities for the teams. Mm-hmm. So they have a proper locker room and, you know, stuff like that. They have uh, actual seating. Um, there's, you know, a press box and amenities like that. They have some... I think some luxury boxes too. So, you know, it's a, it's a real legit uh, venue. And I think that kind of all of those things coming together was really a good sign for sort of showing a statement of intent by this new owner, James Keston, you know, that he wants to actually really truly put down roots uh, locally uh, with this club and, and, you know, sees this as a long-term project. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it was all for the better and, um, you know, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done, but, um, I think the, what they've accomplished so far and the work that they've been doing, I think is really promising. Okay, great. Yeah. And I, I think the new facility there and, uh, moving from, I guess, Aardvark arena from Ir- UC Irvine, right? That's where you were playing. At yeah. It was, it was Annie anteater stadium. Yeah. The, UC Irvine's the anteaters, but yeah, that's a, a very Spartan, uh, facility. It's basically a concrete uh, terrace and nothing mm. else. Oh, no. So there's real. I mean, there was really nothing there. Um, so yeah, getting a, a proper stadium is is really a major upgrade for them. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a couple of questions just asked about. Well, uh, 
if LAFC will get a UPSL team similar to what the Galaxy has done. Have you heard caught any wind of that or uh, on the uh, LAFC for, side? For a USL team in the future? I think it, the question was about UPSL or maybe UPSL. LAFC getting like LAFC too. Or have you heard anything on that end? No, I mean, I think uh, I think they're keeping their options open, and I think. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the establishment of the USL Division Three and and kind of what happens there. Um, you know, I could definitely see a scenario in which perhaps LAFC, you know, opened up a team in that level sure. in the future. I think the way that things are trending in Division Two USL, it looks like that's probably not going to happen. But you never know. But I would definitely keep an eye on kind of what the trends are for the MLS two teams where they, you know, on the whole end up, if they end up staying with uh, Division Two or if they go to Division Three moving forward. And right. if so, if that represents an opportunity for LAFC to to start something. And, you know, I, I, I've spoken to them in the past and they've sort of said, you know, we'll see what happens. And, sure. and I definitely think that's kind of the approach they're taking at this point. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then speaking of, I said earlier, we'll switch gears and I guess we'll finally switch to gear now. It takes me a while. It's like I have to like prime and then warm up. Then, okay, we'll switch to gears here. Uh, <laughs> LAFC, uh, what do you attribute it to their just uh, that huge result in the week one, which, oh my gosh, I wish I'd have been in Vegas and knew what was going to happen then and made some <laughs> money. Uh, but anyway, betting on MLS, I guess people can do that. Uh, what's attributed to this, um, the success so early on at LAFC? To me, I think it really comes down to the coach. Um, you know, Bob Bradley has done it. He's been there. He's done it. Um, he's also been away from the league for a little while. So I think that that's given him a chance to get a fresh perspective, sure. see how things work elsewhere, and, you know, kind of bring back what he's learned um, since then. Because I think when when he left the U.S. national team, when he was fired in the middle of 2011, I think people were generally pretty happy to see the back of him. Sure. And I think the work that he's done since then has been really impressive in that he's somebody who's really tried to push himself and look for new opportunities. And most of those opportunities were unprecedented um, for an American yeah. coach. And, um, you know, I think you can look at his returning to MLS at this point in a couple of, you know, different ways, some more kindly than others. But I definitely think that he has both that track record in MLS in the past, mm -hmm. but also... Um, you know, like I said, the the different perspectives from his other stops since then. Um, and I really think that he's kind of the difference between having a, you know, a pretty good team that is barely trying to figure things out and mm -hmm. a team that has, um, you know, they were really pretty lucky the first week, but uh, very impressive in the second week. Sure. And we'll see what, it, what happens in their third game uh, coming up this weekend. Yeah. It's a weird scheduling. It's, there's like five weeks, and some teams have only played three weeks. But anyway, MLS is uh, is interesting in its own way, I guess. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, great stuff. I'll be interested to see how LAFC, I love their kits. Um, I think, you know, going back to Atlanta, you're not, all the new teams have these really clean kits, and I just love it. And, you know, and, and just to see these expansion teams coming out, uh, you know, and, and coming out the gates, and, and there's an investment, and Bob Bradley, you know, say what you will about his – duties and in, uh, in uh, as the national team coach but the guy can the guy's a good coach and no question about that so and we're already seeing that and then all of a sudden you've got the 
the other team in town with this huge signing. Uh, what has that been do? What is what's been the ripple effect of that in in Southern California so far? Well, I think it's definitely gotten people talking, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's really sort of shows the the fact that these teams are competing for you know eyeballs and and dollars and um, hearts on a local level. Sure. Um, you know, it's it's been quite a long time since the Galaxy had another team to really push them as far as being a competitor. Mm-hmm. And LAFC has said they want to be a, a bona fide contender. Um, you know, they really want to be LA's team. And, you know, for all that I think the Galaxy have said, well, we're not really worried about what LAFC does. I think that's not remotely true. I think both teams are very conscious of what the other is doing at any given time. And so after all this good press about LAFC, you know, starting well and seeming to put a lot of the pieces together, they have a new stadium coming up. It's going to be opening in about a month. Um, You know, what can they do to top that? Well, they can sign, you know, one of the most iconic names playing right now. And and that's exactly what they've done. Only in the city. There's only two cities that his ego could actually fit inside of. L.A. and New York, and those are the only two. I don't think he would have worked out anywhere else because he would have been talking about Zlatan uh, Ibrahimovic for those for those who've been living under a rock, I guess, that pay attention to soccer. Uh, yeah, and I think just the whole Hollywood mentality, the big, the big, you know, big. I don't know, just everything's big in California, and I think that's just for me. He's gonna flip fit like a glove out there, but maybe in the locker room, he may not have such a. You know, people may get tired of it pretty quick in the locker room, but as far as the fans go, I figure that they will, they will gravitate to that, and there'll probably be a few more folks show up to those matches. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a home run from that perspective, mm-hmm. and you know, if they get the results, then I think it's gonna work out great for the team, and if they don't get the results, then yeah, it could get pretty hairy. But uh for the for the fans, yeah, it's 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 a no-brainer. Sure, sure. Well, what is your um you know, predictions, I guess, or expectations for LAFC as the season rolls around? Um, you know, I've been somebody who has not tried to be too specific as far as my personal expectations. Sure. I think my my hope for the team was that they were going to be competitive for a playoff spot. Um, obviously we're only 2 weeks in, so or 2 games in, so sure. There's 32 more to go, so a lot can happen in the meantime. But mm-hmm. um, the early signs are really promising, and I think um, I think they're definitely want to get into the playoffs and then kind of see what they can do from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think realistically, the goal for everyone else is to to have them compete for the playoffs and hopefully get in, and then again, sort of assess what you can do from there. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Sure. Is there anybody in MLS right now that's kind of catching your eye that hey this team looks like they're the, the real deal right now uh it's it's pretty early but sure. i think uh new york city fc they look really good mm-hmm. um and i think they also have uh, a lot more depth than they've had ever before um you know just for one example david via he's been out for the last two games and in the past that would be like a lot of their attack would sure. grind to a halt if he was missing um, and they've got a guy that they just signed named um, Ismail Tajuri Shradi, who's a Libyan Swiss winger. Um, I don't want to say that they didn't have expectations for him, but I think they kind of expected him to probably be like a bench guy or sure. a depth option. And they they plunked him up top 
um, kind of in a pinch for, for Villa being out a couple weeks back, and he scored a goal. And then they did it again this week because Villa was out again. He scored mm-hmm. two more. So, um, you know. Who's David that's, Villa, that's, right? <laughs> Just yeah, leave him over pretty, there, right? <laughs> that's some pretty savvy signing for a guy that, you know, didn't seem like he had a lot of expectations coming into the season, like immediately paying off out of position. Um, and I think that uh, Patrick Vieira is is definitely one of the big um, coaching talents in this league and somebody who's probably not going to be around for too long mm-hmm. uh, in MLS. So it's kind of a enjoy enjoy him kind of getting his, his uh, feet wet while you can because I think he's going to go on to some pretty big things in his career. And I hope it's to North London. As an Arsenal yeah. <laughs> fan, I hope, Joseph, you're, you're listening here, I hope it's to North London. I'll be straight up with you. I hope if he leaves in NYFC, go to North London. I mean, my gosh, that's that's got to be – that's right. But Arson, he's going to be like – he's going to be like the crypt keeper. He's just going to keep just coaching until he's just eventually like, oh, he's a, he's dead, so we'll, I guess we'll move on now, you know. So anyway, <laughs> that's my hope and dreams. Not that he'll die, but that Patrick Vieira does take that job at some point. But anyway, uh, well, uh, tell folks how they can interact with you uh, on social media. I know you're very active on Twitter and – and uh, interact with folks and, and have your takes there. So tell folks how they can uh, interact with you and uh, any uh, websites that you have that uh, you'd like to plug. Go ahead. Sure thing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Musings and uh, my writings about Orange County SC and most of my writings about LAFC you can find at angelsonparade.com. Mm-hmm. All right. And oh, one last question. I, I totally didn't, was not scrolling on my uh, screen here. Uh, does LAFC still have a couple of designated spots, uh, designated player spots open? No, they just filled their third one today. Um, okay. They signed a, a Portuguese midfielder named Andre Horta. Uh, he may not come until July, but uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've filled up the slots. And obviously, don't want to get too far into the weeds in MLS these days. You can do some, you know, funny money things to move some, some pieces around and uh, potentially open up another slot in the future. But um, yeah, as far as the actual slots themselves for now, they are as of today, uh, fully occupied. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's that, that sweet, sweet Tam money, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Alicia Rodriguez uh, with, uh, covering L- well, covering LAFC, Orange County on Angels on Parade. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us this evening, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you here in the future, okay? Sounds good. Thank you very much, and uh, appreciate the time. You got it. No problem. All right, folks. Uh, Alicia Rodriguez there with uh, covering Orange County and LAFC with Angels on Parade. All right, so right now, Mario, you will be queued up here, and I'll uh, give you a buzz here momentarily. Uh, Do you guys want to hear the OC, the Orange County song again? Because I kind of do. I kind of want to listen to it again. I'm not going to lie. We're going to listen to it again. Here we go. Let me turn you up here, man. Uh, Mario Solar on. This is, I think, your fourth or fifth cap maybe on the podcast? I want to say maybe fourth or fifth. I'm not sure. Okay. It's been been on I'm an OG now. (laughs) <laughs> You're like the the tornado chaser, man. The Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast, right? Awesome, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's talk about it. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the last week's matchup with RSL Monarchs, just Salt Lake Monarchs. I don't know how you say it. Monarchs FC SLC. Anyway, uh, just uh, one of those heartbreaking matches. 
um, you know, just getting from a final score spot. But we'll, we'll kind of go into the details here. What were some of your impressions of the first half? It seemed like RSL really, or the Monarchs really attacked, and it seemed like we had a hard time getting anything offensively going, right? Um, one of the great things that we did was shut down Velasquez. Like, mm-hmm. that's one thing from the first half that I saw that he really didn't have the play in the first half of his, you know, his style of soccer. Mm-hmm. trying to run in, trying to beat players. And we kind of shut him down pretty good, and I really like that fact. Um, one player for our defense that really did great that I was super surprised was, I'm going to butcher his last name, Abdrasino, I think his last name mm-hmm. is. Yep, yep, that's right. Um, yes, he played amazing uh, in that midfield. Um, I saw him just any chance that he could. He just stopped the defenders. He was getting hacked a lot, but he, he was doing pretty good in defense. Yeah, and he's a big um, dude too. Just standing next to him, like, what's up, man? <laughs> I mean, he's just a big, thick dude, you know. And uh, you know, and, and you need somebody right. back there in that center back position for sure. Uh, correct, correct. Yeah. Um, also, um, I was just really surprised with the way our back defense was just holding them. Um, we were given a lot of corners at first, but um, we were doing great against. Their, their offense, their juggernaut of offense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah that's... Beard, he got that goal kind of early on, something that happened in Oklahoma City that I hope it's not a trend. Uh, it could, you know, it's just something to that happened in two games and that has a little familiarity. It's just getting those opponents, getting those early goals against uh, the Roughnecks to... And then it's all of a sudden you're... You may be trying to force things, maybe because you're you look at the scoreboards, you're down a goal. Did did you feel like that Tulsa was doing that at all? Maybe a little bit in the first half. Um, yeah, it was. I it's a Tulsa. We normally always come back. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, in the first half, we always kind of always always like to get the dog, and we we played our style. It was a little bit. Um, I was hoping that we get more chemistry in the middle play, but um, we were playing pretty good. Um, it was just RSL, the Monarchs. What, what can you expect? I had to play a little bit more defensive um, on the first half, I thought. Yeah, and I think, you know, it was a little scary at least. Uh, you know, they got the early goal, but then the back four really – I think did a good job of tightening up. And like you had mentioned earlier, trying to get something, some momentum going forward in that first half, just wasn't, wasn't much to it. Just not a lot of, not a lot of momentum. You know, it's just, it seemed like some of the players are up running and then they had two defenders around them, three defenders. And just, to start, you know how it is playing Mario, just hard to get any sort of momentum when you're going against numbers like that. And they were, uh, you had the um, the Beasler kid back there who I thought had a pretty good game up to that point, uh, and then you know their center backs were just always back, and their and their full and their full backs were getting back really quick, and yeah, you know it's just hard to get momentum that way, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and then uh, I was trying to think, Michael Gallagher. Well, their back four, Michael Gallagher, uh, Nick Beasler, who's seems like he's been in USL ever since I've been watching. Um, but you know, he's another good player back there. Uh, one of the players I was really, uh, I guess impressed with on their end was, uh, was Portillo and, uh, and Mikkel Chang. 
or Michael Michael Ching, mm-hmm. who's uh, their winger. I thought he was um, always kind of threatening. It was always causing problems up there, you know. And then Corey Beard, you know, he's the one that got the goal early on. You know, I think they're just a pesky team, aren't they? Oh, yes. I'm, and number one person that you always have to look after, other than Velasquez, is Hoffman. I mean, he was – I think I've seen him. Like, if you look at his heat maps, he probably was all over the field. Oh, yeah. But – yeah, uh, just covering a lot of ground and running around out there. Speaking of, how did you? How yeah. do you think the the field held up out there on Saturday? Oh, I, other than like your section, like the Rossabout section where that where everybody calls a crop circle. <laughs> other than that, everything was was pretty good for me. Um, it, it's always kind of bad to look at that little shady of the non-green side of a field, but yeah, it it looked good to me. It was playable. Nobody was slipping on there. I mean, you had that one moment. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, you had that one moment early on in the match. We had that big divot, some slide and tackle kind of happened there and kicked up a little bit of that uh, turf. And, but yeah, I I think overall the stadium played pretty true Uh, for them. I think 99.9% of it was fine. And you still had a couple of little spots there around the crop circle, like you said. But for the most part, I thought it, I thought it was okay. I thought it went fine. I didn't see anybody slipping and sliding around. I didn't see a lot of, you know, a lot of people having problems over there. But it may be out of the out of the play, out of the run of play, a little bit to where it wouldn't affect, even if it was an issue over there. But anyway, just uh, thought I'd ask. And then uh, the second half was a little bit of a different team, wasn't it? That came out of the locker room. Oh, one person that I've always kind of hoped for him to do the performance that he did was Joaquin Rivas. Mm-hmm. I, I, he, and first, first half he was playing pretty good as well, but sure. I think coach kind of got onto him and said, you know, this is, this is your time to shine and it's sure. time for you to start pushing forward. And another player that really surprised me from our team is Paris G. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he was playing more defensive in the first half. What I felt like he was playing more defensive at first. And then in the second half, he kind of he's pushing up forward. And sure. I really like that when I see our team pushing up, trying to do chances, you know. I kind of felt like he was trying to do a little bit of what um, – I forget the, the guy's name already. <laughs> uh, the defensive player that went to Chicago Fire. Oh, uh, Corrales. Or um, uh, a Corrales. Corrales. Like, you know how he did his runs on the side? Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to do that. Joaquin was, and Rivas was trying to distribute, and we played pretty good with those two communicating and passing to each other. But sure, um, yeah, that, both of those players in second half, I think they put their intensity a little bit higher. Yeah, and then right before the second half, and I, I meant to actually mention this, but uh, you had that really kind of nervy moment. Something sort of kind of did something out of character. He. He got he he had a that sliding uh, save. I think Beard had tried mm-hmm. to put it on target there on frame. I think it was Beard, but anyway, it didn't matter. Some dude from Real Monarchs tried to put it on frame, and he looked like he tried to go deep with the ball on the on the wing and just threw it right to this Monarchs player, and then he just tried to clip him or try to you know try to chip him from that moment, and I, and that could have, boy, that could have uh, put the game on our head, on their head, right? I mean, right there, get it halftime, yeah. get, a, get gave up a concede a goal like that. Ooh, that 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 would not yeah. have been good, right? No, not at all. 
Do you think that's just something just kind of a – he just didn't see the guy sitting there and he, he tried he, – he had a good idea, but, oh, there's just a defender sitting right there. Is, is that kind of what you attributed that to? I I fully agree. Yeah. I fully agree on that part. Yeah. But here is, you know, so, yeah, like you said, came out in the second half, just kind of jumping around here, but uh, came out in the second half. <laughs> Paris G slots that just uh, one of the just nice little cross, little cross on the ground. Or, or I guess really a pass, and uh, you know Revis just calm and collected, just but it just walked it almost walking, walked it almost in the back of the net, just from where his where he was, easy peasy. I think you, I, my son who's eighteen months old, uh, anyone in this chat over here could have buried that because it was such a good pass, and and I love seeing like you said seeing Paris G come up and play that. Uh, play that inside or, or come up and play. I think he does. I think he brings that offensive dimension and uh, something that maybe opens up Joaquin, opens up maybe Juan Perez and, and some of these guys in the midfield that can be scoring threats. Michael Benz is somebody you mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, that is, um, you know, uh, you know, trying to get, you know, the, you know, trying to get those, uh, those guys open and get them free. And if you have one more, fullback or fullback or an offensive threat coming up. That's just more you're opening up that offense for the Roughnecks. And I think at that point you, you really had to do that because you're now looking at three halves now where your team hasn't scored a goal. And sure. I think probably Coach Vaughn, like you mentioned, maybe lit a fire under Revis or allowed him to the freedom to move up and play a little bit and maybe Paris and and, and Montano to come up and, and really make threat, you know, being scoring threats. Because then you had that goal, 49th minute, I believe. And then in the 83rd minute, uh, oh, Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin Rivas scores again. Uh, walk us through kind of that uh, transition there. Oh, well, I wanted, um, before we kind of skip that goal on that pass by Paris G, mm-hmm. when I saw it, I thought it was like a ricochet. Maybe it kind of just hit the defender and then hit Paris G over. Mm-hmm. I was actually a chip. Mm-hmm. I, he actually chipped the defender, and then had a, maybe a one pat, one one touch, and then did that one pass. When I saw him chip that, like I had to watch it on TV. Like I had to rewatch it on YouTube, and I was like, no, he didn't. He didn't chip the player, did he? I had to rewind it, <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, he actually did chip, chip the defender and just ran, ran past him and sure, did that perfect pass to him. I was like, was that intentional? <laughs> he, uh, you he know, sometimes you see it. that. You, yeah, you wonder that's like, did he, did he mean to do that? Yeah, like you said, I was saying what I thought he deflected that. What happened there? And then we saw the end result. And boy, if he meant for that to happen, that was a bit of skill. <laughs> that's. That was really nice for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, actually, before we get to the next goal, right a little bit after, actually, before that happened, you had this weird kind of Paris, I think, got away with a foul right there at the box, which would have mm-hmm. put Monarchs, you know, right there on the edge of the box with a free kick, but it didn't happen. And it was really funny because a beard, he comes up and just rams into uh, Carlos Munoz. And Munoz didn't have anything to do with what just happened. He was just the guy who picked up the ball and ran with it. 
and uh, I guess Beard was trying to get a little payback there, and he just rammed into him, and he got a yellow card over it. But that was just kind of an interesting, again, one of those things, the ball kind of went our way there, or the call did. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of them having a goal, a chance outside of the goal or outside of the box, you know, we have the ball on a turnover. And then a couple minutes later, you have the goal by Revis. Now you're 1-1. Here comes the 83rd minute. Uh, and kind of to walk us through that scenario there. Oh, um, for me on that one, I have to make a little confession. I actually turned around because a couple of my guys were wanting to get some drinks, and I was like, I'll go off. So I kind of missed oh, that no. one. So you like, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I turned around and, and then they were like, yeah, where's the small balls more? I was like, um, I'm getting beers right now. So <laughs> oh, I kind of yeah. skipped that one. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. A little, um, I, think it, I think it was fed in from uh, uh, Lennon Riggs, or I'm sorry, I say Lennon Riggs. That's right, isn't it? Anyway, Riggs, he... Uh, uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, he fed it in, and uh, and then Revis uh, finishes there with a brace in his in the second half brace there with an 83rd minute, puts it up two to one, 83rd minute. Holy cow. We're somehow we're going to get three points here, right? Yeah. We're going to get three points. I, I, I could tell you the next two goals because I was right there in front of them to watch them. And it was, all right. Do you want to, do you want to go ahead and go ahead and, um, and, uh, break our hearts real quick. Yeah, I think the first one, um, they passed it to Hoffman, and um, it was a cross inside to Hoffman, and he netted it in the back, um, the back of the goal. It was, it was just very sloppy defense for me. We just, we couldn't clear the ball. Um, in the second half, they were, and they had six Real Salt Lakes players in the in the team. They. They they knew their prime. They weren't. They were ready for it to score back, and they wanted to tie the game up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that Hoffman. He he just passed it to him. He'll score. He'll find a way to score that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's, goal he's, they, he's the, scored a lot of goals third, last season, and and you know it's he's got a knack for it for sure. Yeah. Um, the third goal. Um, like I said before, just sloppy defense. We couldn't clear it off. Um, it was just um, they cleared it off from the side of where Serdo was at, kind of kicked it off, and I forget the guy's name. Um, he just, I think it's Adams. Charlie um, Adams, yep. Yeah. He just kicks it from the top of the the box and just slides it in. Says it couldn't kick his foot out long um early enough and goes right between his legs. It's five hole and and they won in three to two. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that's the thing about teams like that. They're very explosive. They can you know, and I was just kind of like after the second goal or the first goal, I guess in eighty ninth, it's like oh like what just happened and then because it happened on the other side of the pitch and you know they were celebrating like did they just score and then just very quickly and you know it's just that quick went from three points to zero and then you know 
all of a sudden you're going, and it just happened so quickly. And it was one of those things that, you know, it's just, um, you know, it happens, I guess. And, you know, it's, you learn from it and I guess you move on and, and, and you just kind of say, okay, well, and of course it happened when everyone's gassed and, and, you know, you're going into stoppage time is pretty, I mean, really it was actually a pretty warm night, a warm night for the weather that we've really had here in Tulsa. It was in the eighties and then a little bit of a haze, a little bit of a kind of that kind of thing going on before this time of year, it's actually pretty warm, you know, and then yeah. kind of dealing with uh, that. And then all of a sudden at the very end of the match, you've, got a couple of goals go in and you know it is what it is and uh you know you got a couple of matches here at home uh, i think are more favorable uh we know we had alicia rodriguez on earlier and, and she previewed orange county uh you know a team i think um that you know they've coming off one point and in, in two matches and they've got a match tomorrow night in oklahoma city so you kind of look at this go okay this is an opportunity you know for roughnecks here to get to get back to get back on track, so to speak. And then, and then you have the week, the week midweek match with a, a, a revamped, really a better Portland Timbers two team, you know, and, and I, you know, nothing in this league is going to come easy. You know, I think we've already seen no. that and just some of the results that have happened around this league, you know, with uh, Timbers two getting the win in Colorado Springs. That was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, you know, Phoenix getting the big result, uh, you know, and then you have Sacramento where you got six points through two matches. And I think a lot of people kind of wrote them off. Maybe I'm not, I'm not sure why, but a lot of folks weren't really big on and high on them, you know, but, you know, kind of going back you now, I think these are a couple of matches that you, you know, you've got to get, I think six points is kind of, you know, if you're wanting to compete in the playoffs, I think it's going to be important. Get some, get the most amount of points you can in these next two matches and, you know, maybe open up a little bit of that that scoring and, and offense and, and seeing, you know, here at home, you've got a couple oh, of matches. And, and a team, I think, are, is fairly defensive-minded in, in Orange County, and I think they're going to come out and play defensive against us. So so anyway, and then, of course, well, Portland, who've only allowed really two, if you don't count the PK, really only one goal in two matches. So we'll have to see where the goals come and and – and find out how that all will come about. We've got a three o'clock kickoff, right on Saturday. Is that right, Mario? Oh, correct. It's against yeah at three o'clock. First time. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, I'm, I'm, let's say that again. Oh, sorry. I said, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, oh man, Croatia just scored a goal. Um, <laughs> who, who just scored a goal? Um, no. Croatia oh. penalty. Okay, you're watching Mexico, Croatia. I got you. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's gonna be a good game. I'm actually, I was gonna on our pickums, I was gonna pick against the Tulsa, so we can actually. I thought I was jinxing them because every week I picked them, they they kind of disappointed me. But um, I I really hope you know they're gonna be playing Oklahoma City on Wednesday, and I just hope we kind of catch them when they're tired. Oh, yeah, Joseph, please tell your guys to tire them out for us, please. <laughs> um, it's like you were talking to that girl from Angel um, on Parade. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a new team, like basically brand new team, but all experienced um, USL players. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I really hope that we can actually catch them while they're tired. You know, they came back and 
scored, I think it was an 89th minute against Phoenix, mm-hmm. a Phoenix team that I, now I put them probably number one in all predictions for winning the, the whole league? Okay. Western Conference. Or in the West, okay, um, I guess. Not you. the league. There's only one team that I have predicting to win the league, but it's in the Eastern Conference. But um, mm-hmm. we'll get that to another day. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a hard-fought game. I really hope, you know, um, Ugarte is going to be back in the defense. You know, we'll have maybe a, hopefully a, a really strong, more stronger than last game's um, defensive backs. Um, I'm just really hoping that we can actually put some more um, offensive um, attempts on goal because I've heard that OC loves to shoot on goal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope we don't give up another early goal or give away some points that we can actually win. Sure. Sure, yeah. And uh, are you excited for a day game on Saturday? Uh, I'm I'm still debating on uh, if I'm taking off for work or not. Mm. But, um, yeah, I actually told some of my um, son's teachers, you know, if you want some tickets, you know, you can probably get my tickets if you like, you know. Mm. Um, Take one for the team. In huh? case I can't go. Yeah, I know. Hey, you so, got to make that money. I understand. No worries, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, well, tell, I know you've been on here and, and go ahead and tell folks how they can. I know you've got Law Union 918 and uh, you've got your own social media. So tell folks how they can reach you and, and interact oh, with yeah. you and tell you how bad your picks um, are. <laughs> yeah. I hope I win them next week. But um, yeah, you can find me on Boston Mario uh, 918 or on Facebook, you know, Mariano Solar, full name. Um, hopefully next week I can be back on here talking about a good Tulsa victory once I win the number one on the Pickums again, but mm-hmm. we will see. Yep. All right. Sounds great. All right, Mario, we'll, we'll talk to you later, buddy, and uh, and uh, good luck this week on your Pickums, and we'll we'll be in touch, bud. No problem. Take care. All right. So we have Mario there, Mario Solar, coming on, chatting it up with us. Uh, well, we'll go ahead and uh, – and uh, do a couple things here uh, just to wrap it up for the show this week. And uh, folks, uh, obviously uh, sponsored by BGN, our network, bgn.fm, where you can find all the podcasts. Uh, there's an off-the-pitch podcast. I think, Joseph, you've probably listened to there in Oklahoma City. Uh, you've got pretty much any team in this league you covers. There's, there's, a, there's basically a podcast out there for them. MLS, USL. Uh, somebody give me a score of the United States score. I did not, um, I I did not catch a final for the the Paraguay match. So somebody give me a final there. Um, if anybody caught your attention, I did not watch a second of the match. I'll just be honest. I was prepping for the podcast and I was chasing a 18 month around 18 month old around. So, uh, who is okay. One, one nil USA. So very good. Um, Bobby Wood on the PK. So got a PK, got a win. It's kind of a meaningless friendly, but it's cool. Get the guys some, get some legs out of them. But anyway, BGN.FM. Also, uh, we've got a sponsor, 
roughneckscarves.com. Not spelt like Tulsa Roughnecks, but spelt R-U-F-F-N-E-C-K-S, roughneckscarves, S-C-A-R-V-E-S. And uh, just uh, one of the things, uh, you know, they're the official sponsors of the MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Also, they do custom scarves and for your group team and also for charities. So if you have anything out there, you go on in there, roughneckscarves.com. I know a lot of supportive groups utilize their website and utilize their scarves for all their needs. Also, a this is a... This is a another sponsor we have. Uh, it is New Day Tornado Shelter. So if you're here in Tulsa, you're needing a little shelter for your home. It's what my wife and I, we use here in, at our house. We have a small family. It's an above-ground shelter. You know, here in this, here in the Tornado Alley, we've got a lot of bad weather, and you don't ever want to leave things a chance. My house got blown away by an F5 tornado here in Moore, Oklahoma, well, not here, but in Moore, Oklahoma, familiar with what that looks like and what the damage that those can cause. New Day Tornado Shelters, go check them out. Tell them Roger Graham sent you, and they will give you a good deal, I promise, and you'll be happy with it. It's not one of those underground shelters where you get all the bugs and the beetles and the cobwebs, spiders, and all that. Nah, don't worry about that. You can put stuff in there. You can store it away. You can put it in your garage, park your cars there. That's what we do. So anyway, New Day Shelter. Yep, Joseph, I I lived in Moore for about three, four years, I think, until May 20th, 2013. I'll have to do an episode on that some night. Maybe for the anniversary, the five-year anniversary, I'll do an episode on that, just on the tornado. But anyway, I'll, I'll get into that some, uh, some uh, yeah, 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 that's perfect. But yeah, so we'll have to get into that sometime and down the road. But anyway, for tonight, I'm going to bed because I'm old and I have to work tomorrow. So anyway, thank you guys out in the live chat. Thank you guys for subscribing. Like the page. Tell your mom. Tell your kids. Tell your family. Tell everybody about the page. Like it on here on Facebook. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find the podcast there, bgn.fm, of course. But anyway, I am out of here. Good night. God bless. Take care.